You're listening to the preaching podcast of the Amazing Grace Baptist Church located in Mount Airy, North Carolina, where Dr. Jonathan Barker is the pastor. We pray that the following message will be a blessing to you. 1 John chapter number 5, we're going to start a study on this tonight. It's actually a three-part study in this book on eternal security. And uh, I was thinking about this today. I've been here, uh, I'm in my 12th year here at Amazing Grace. And, uh, man, it's been, it's been a great 12 years. Hey, man, I thank the Lord for it. And, uh, I was thinking about this. When I was on the road, uh, with Rock of Ages, which growing up at Turner's Creek and around our area, uh, I never really, uh, in all honesty, I never heard nobody say anything about losing your salvation. Um, I, I just never, I never heard of it. I, I mean, that's just the way I was brought up. I never heard of it. I never dealt with it. When I was on the road for five years, very little, very little did I hear about it. But when I came here, not in our church, but in this area, man, it is so predominant up in this area, this subject of eternal security. Matter of fact, there was a guy that, that pastored in this area, made this statement to me. He said, eternal security, he made it dad and I, eternal security is the most damnable doctrine preached out of the Bible. Now I looked at him and I said, you're a blooming idiot, man. I said, that just shows your knowledge of the Word of God. It's the, to me, it's the simplest doctrine in the Word of God. And um, uh, it, it really blowed me away when I moved to this area how many people and how many churches and how many pastors in Baptist churches in our area that does not believe eternal security. And uh, it blowed me away. So when I got here, I had to start studying the doctrine of eternal security. Here's the reason why. I knew it was in there, so I just believed it. I just, I was told that I was saved forever. My dad took a Bible and showed me that, and I never questioned it. I, I never wondered about it. I, I, I knew that I'd done wrong, and I knew 1 John 1 9 was in there, and I knew when I'd done wrong, if I confessed my sins, that Christ was faithful and just forgive me my sins. Amen. And to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But this thing of eternal security, man, I'm telling you, in this area, uh, again, it just blowed my mind. It just blowed my mind. So I began studying. And I've preached on it numerous times, but there's really some great things that is pointed out as we walk through this three-part study on eternal security. Now, First John 5.13, I'll just let you remain seated tonight because I'm going to say some different things. But First John 5.13 says this, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know... You have eternal life. Now, he tells us that we not only have eternal life, but that we can know we have eternal life. Now, I'll say this to you. You'll never truly experience a victorious Christian life till you get your salvation settled. And um, it's not me that done it. It's God. Uh, uh, um, I didn't save myself, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And he says that we can know that we have eternal life. Eternal life. Now think about this. If it was not eternal life, why did God put it in the Bible? Um, uh, God cannot lie. Amen. Christ cannot lie. 
the Bible contains some lies, but they're not lies from God. There is stories within our Bible that has lies in it, but that is not God lying, that is human lying. And God cannot lie. And if God said that I could know I had eternal life, then therefore it's eternal security. Amen. I want to look at this tonight. The Bible does not use the term eternal security to describe the believer's position in Christ, but it does use the term everlasting life in John 3.16. It uses the term in 2 Thessalonians 2.16, everlasting consolation. And then right here in 1 John 5.13, it uses the term eternal life. So it is there. The doctrine of eternal security is very important for the stability of the Christian and the stability of the Christian life. Um, if I was always worried about losing my salvation, I would be a miserable person. I would be a miserable person. Amen. Um, because you're going to sin. Every day of our life we're going to sin. Now, I, I believe we could sin less... I'm not saying, and I dealt with this Sunday, there's not a sinless perfection. When we get to heaven, we'll be likened unto the Son of God. Amen. And then there will be a sinless perfection. But until then, we are going to sin. We are going to mess up. And uh, do we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. God forbid when we sin, we seek Christ for forgiveness. If it is a true repentance, we are turning from that sin. We're not continuing in that sin. And and I say this, man, uh, if I had to walk through my life worried about losing my salvation, man, I'm going to tell you, uh, uh, I probably uh, would be a miserable person tonight. There ain't no probably to it. I would be. Because we're going to sin, we're going to miss the mark every day. We're going to say things we shouldn't say. We're going to have thoughts we shouldn't have. That's just our, it's, it's us. It's the way we've made, we're made up. And, and I'm glad that there is an eternal security though. I'm glad that we can see that. I want to show you two things tonight and we're going to walk through several Bible verses. But number one, believers are secure because of what Jesus did for us. Believers are secure because of what Jesus did for us. We hear this terminology and, 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 and the Bible even talks about being born again. Being born again. Um, uh, Monday night we sang over at Woodland and uh, Brother Don Ball was preaching and he preached on how cars make it to the junkyard. And I thought, what is he going to say about cars making it to the junkyard? But man, I'm telling you, he ended up preaching on it. Amen. But he said this. I'm almost positive it was him that said this Monday night. He said, now that I am born, can I get unborn? No, I can die one day, but I cannot get unborn. And since I have been born again by the blood of Christ, I cannot get unborn from Christ. Amen? We we have eternal security because of what Jesus did for us. His blood was the full price that God's law demanded. Is without the shedding of what? Blood. 
there is no remission of sin. You remember the story back in the book of Exodus whenever um, uh, the death angel was passing through? Uh, the camp of the Israelites and the Egyptians and uh, the Bible told on Moses, God told Moses, Moses told the people to kill uh, a lamb and to take that blood and strike it over the doorpost and whenever the angel passed by, if he saw the blood, he would pass by them, that death angel would pass by them. Why? Because of the blood. That's what the law commanded. Uh, it's what the law had to have. The law demanded uh, a blood sacrifice. Amen. Whenever you study that Old Testament tabernacle, what the high priest done, what was it? It was blood that had to be shed. One person said this, the Bible is a bloody book. It is. It's a very bloody book. Calvary's a bloody Calvary. Amen. Why? Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. So his blood paid the full price that God's law demanded. Jesus' blood paid that. Those who believe that the believer can lose his salvation do not understand the gospel properly. They don't understand it properly because Jesus paid the ultimate price. Go into the book of Ephesians tonight. The book of Ephesians, just back a couple books here in our New Testament. The book of Ephesians, and I want to read you a verse out of here tonight. Ephesians says this. Ephesians chapter number 1. Ephesians chapter number 1 says this. In whom we have redemption. Now, uh, hold on a second. That word redemption, wherever you study it out, here's what it means. It means to be bought with a price in whom we have redemption to be bought with a price. What was the price? The price was death for the wages, the payment for the wages of sin is what? Death. But the gift of God is what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, what was the gift of God? It was Jesus. Amen. For God so loved the world that He what? Somebody tell me. Gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have what? Everlasting life. Well, what did Jesus do? He lived 33 and a half years. After 33 and a half years, He went to Calvary's hill. He died on a cross on Calvary. He was buried. He arose one third and glorious morning, stuck around 40 days, and then ascended back into the heavens so the Holy Spirit would come to us. So what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. We have been bought with a price. What did the Bible say? Here's what happened in the book of Genesis. The, 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 the law of first mention. Sin entered into the world. They tried to cover their sin. Hey, God shed blood because he had coats of animals. Amen. And he placed those coats on them. For man to be forgiven for sin, uh, there had to be blood shed. And here's what he says. We have redemption in whom we have redemption, in whom we have been bought by a price. We've been bought with a price. Now here's what he says. In whom we have redemption through what? His blood. Amen. That's shouting grounds. In whom we have redemption through His blood. Not my blood. 
Not your blood, not the blood of goats, not the blood of pigeon nuts, amen, not the blood of a lamb, but through His blood tonight. Can I tell you something? That blood of a goat or that blood of a lamb or that blood of a bird and, and on and on the story could go. You know what? It just that lasted for a short time. It just covered that sin for a short time. But because of His blood, we have been bought off the slave market of sin uh, through His blood. Uh, and His blood is an eternal blood. Amen. Think about it. He said, in whom we have redemption through His blood. Watch this. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. I'm telling y'all, if you'd wake up this Wednesday night, that's, that's grounds for making laps around the church shout. Because of His grace and His blood, I'm no longer a sinner. Because of His grace and His blood, I'm no longer headed to hell. I don't have any grace within myself to give. But because of His grace and His blood. Amen. Think about this. The book of Romans, back just a couple pages. The book of Romans, chapter number 3. Romans, chapter number 3. Let me read you verse number 24 and 25. Redemption that is bought with a price. Jesus bought us from the slave market of sin and delivered us completely. What did he say? Here's what he said. And you know what he said? Let me, let me read you that verse again. Let me read you that verse again. Here's what he said, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sin? No. The forgiveness of sins. Sins. Past sin, present sin, future sin. The sin that I'll commit tomorrow, I'm going to try my best to live right tomorrow. <laughs> Are you with me? And, 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 and as long as Brother Aaron still can tomorrow, we're going to do some running and, 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 and we're going to pick up a desk and take it to MTM and drop it off at the new offices and the Lord's doing some great things there and, and, and God's provided, uh, uh, an office now for them in Foothills and we're going to say more about that the Sunday morning to iRoads here and try to take a good offering to help with that. But the Lord's provided an office for MTM in Foothills now. We're going to take a desk over there and then we're going to unload a sound system. He didn't know that. But we're going to unload a sound system. Then we're going to take that trailer back and drop it off at the shop because we got to do a new roof on it. And then we're going to get another trailer and we're going to go get the tongue and groove boards to run back here. And then we're going to come back and then Leslie and I is going to go to Winston and, and, and visit the hospital and eat supper together and, and, and go to the mall and get fitted for a suit for a wedding. And I'm going to try my best to live right, but somewhere along the way I'm going to miss the mark. I'm going to sin. But here is the good news. His blood and His redemption is for my past sin. It's for my present sin. And when I do mess up tomorrow, His blood has already paid the price and redemption is already... Amen. Amen. Oh, yes. His blood. Look at this. Romans chapter number 3. Listen to verse number 24 and 25. I'm telling you, that'll help you right there. We don't continue in sin that grace may abound. But when we do mess up, thank God, I don't have to get saved again. Amen. Amen. Look what he said in Romans chapter 3 verse number 24. 
being justified freely. <laughs> yeah, justified. That justification means declared righteous by God. The believer is not righteous in himself, but he is declared righteous by the great judge. Being justified, declared righteous. In other words, it's just as if I had never sinned. That's what justified is. In simple terms, it's just like I never sinned. I have been declared... Man, I'm telling you this is shouting grounds. I have been declared justified by God. What did he say? Being justified. What about this? Freely. I'm telling you, that book right there is quick and powerful. He said being justified freely. Declared righteous by God freely. It's not what you can do. It's not how much money you can buy. I, I, carnal illustration, Leslie and I was watching TV last night. And, and we usually watch TV at around 9.15 every night for about 45 minutes. And you say, why 9.15? Because that's when the girls has gone to bed and everything's starting to settle down and we'll sit down and watch something on the TV. And, 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 and one of them shows we were watching last night, this guy, the, the lady said, well, you'll never be able to stop him. He's got enough money. He can buy anything, blah, 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 blah. And boy, he had all the money. It don't matter how much money you got and what you think you can buy, there's one thing you can't buy and that is justification from God. Why? Because we are justified freely tonight. It's not nothing I could do. It's not nothing you could do. It's not nothing our parents could do. It's only what Jesus has already done. And when I by faith accept what He has already done, then I am justified by God freely. Freely. Look at this. Being justified freely by, watch it, His grace. I'm trying to get, I've got some other verses I'm trying to get to that's really the meat of this thing, but I'm having a pretty good time on these first couple. <laughs> by what? His grace. His, did we not just read about His grace over in the book of Ephesians just a second ago? By His grace, look what this says. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, that redemption, man, we just talked about it. That redemption is being bought with a price. You see, we've been bought with a price, and because we have been bought with a price, look, it's so simple. Man, I'm telling you, man, this thing's so simple. God was in heaven. He decided He wanted fellowship with mankind. So he reached down, picked up some dirt, and made a man. Breathed breath into his nostrils. And the first blood transfusion that ever happened. Because the life is in the blood. He breathed the breath of life and the blood of life into him right there. Right there man was. God said, I'm going to make him so I can talk to him. What happened? He made him a wife and she messed everything up. True story. 
You want me to read it to you? I mean, it's true. It's really in there. Bible don't lie that. It contains some, but that's not one right there in Genesis chapter number 3. Man messed up too. Okay, women, quit acting like that. You can go to the altar now. Those thoughts that you just had about your preacher, God's already forgive you for them. He died for them too. But anyway, come here a minute. Think about this. Man messed up. And when man messed up, God didn't go, oh no, what am I going to do now? No, God knew exactly what was going to happen. And he said, Adam, where art thou? Not because Adam, uh, not because he didn't know where Adam was at. He wanted Adam to realize the condition that him and Eve had got theirself into. And you know what God done? God killed some animals and He made coats of skin and He clothed them. And in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, He said there's coming a man and his heel is going to be bruised, but it's going to bruise the head of the serpent. That was the first promise, the first mention of the uh, of the Christ to come. Amen. And all throughout the Old Testament they prophesied there's a man coming on the scene named Jesus. And the Jews are going to reject Him, but the Gentiles are going to receive him. And guess what? He showed up one night in a manger in Bethlehem. And he done exactly what the Bible said he was going to do. And because of that, because of that, God now has able to have fellowship with mankind. Why? Because Jesus reached up into heaven and got a hold of the hand of God. And he reached down to lowly man and got a hold of man. And he bridged them back together through the blood of Calvary. And because of that tonight, I now have fellowship with God. I am redeemed. I am bought with the price. And because I've been bought with that price, I am now justified before God. I stand before God righteous tonight, clothed in the righteousness of God because of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's by His grace that we're able to do that. Well, hallelujah for a Wednesday night Bible study. That's how we're able to do that. And it's not me that does it. It's God that does it. Now look at this. Whom God hath set forth to be the propitiation through faith. That word propitiation refers to this, a price. It means to satisfy a debt by paying the full amount that is owed. Listen to this. Whom God hath set forth to be the propitiation through faith in what? His blood. (laughs) To declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. Wow. When you look at God's plan of salvation, the sinner has broken God's law and is incapable of making a proper restitution. But Jesus said, I'll go to Calvary. I'll die for mankind. I'll die for mankind. And because of what Jesus did for us, we now have eternal security. What I'm trying to get you to see is this. It's not resting in me. I cannot keep my salvation because it's not mine. That's right. 
David said this when he had backslid. We misquote this verse. A lot of people says, David said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. No, 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 he didn't. He said, Restore unto me the joy of thy. Why? Because it's in him. Amen. Amen. Think about this, number two. Believers are secure because of what Jesus did for us. And I'll tell you something. The devil comes to you and starts messing with you. You take him to Ephesians 1, 7, Romans 3, 24 and 25. It's his grace and his blood. That's the reason we are what we are. Number two, believers are secure because of God's promises. Because of God's promises. 2 Peter 1, 4 says this. He talks about those exceeding great and precious promises. There are promises that cannot be changed because they are given by God who cannot lie and whose declarations are immutable. A God that cannot lie. And if God says it, that settles it. Whether you believe it or not, that settles it. I said this not long ago. heard a preacher say, I, I, the Bible says that I believe it, that settles it. No, the Bible says that that settles it. Whether you believe it or whether you don't, it's settled. Amen. Think about this. Believers are secure because of God's promises. The Bible said in John 3.16, shall never perish but have everlasting life. If God gives the believer everlasting life and promises that he shall never perish, how could he lose his salvation? How can the believer perish if God says he shall not perish? He will not perish. How can I perish? How can I perish? Well, the Bible says where a tree falleth, that's where it lieth. That's exactly right. If you cut a tree down that falls over there, that's where it's going to lay at. Has nothing to do with salvation. Has nothing to do with it. Think about this. Blessed, the Bible says we're talking about those promises from God. Blessed with all spiritual blessings. Let me read you some verses. If you don't go with me, you can. Ephesians. Ephesians. In chapter number 1, just a couple books back over. Ephesians chapter number 1 again, verse number 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly, uh, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. Think about this. If the believer already has been blessed with all spiritual blessings in Christ, how could he come short of this and lose his salvation? How can he come? Notice what he says. These blessings are in Christ. These blessings are in Christ. Listen to this verse. I'm right here. Let me just read it to you. Read your verse right here in Galatians. Read you something right here. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave Himself for me. I am in Christ. Christ is in me. Amen. Amen. Think about this. We're sealed according to Ephesians chapter number 1. Listen to verse number 12. The Bible says this, that we should be, or that we should be to the praise of His glory, who first trusted in Christ, and whom also trusted after that ye heard the, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. 
we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is God's promise of eternal security. Listen to what he says. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchase prize unto the praise of His glory. The earnest of our inheritance. You study that out. And it has to do with what some would call an engagement ring. In other words, whenever I asked Leslie to be my wife, I put a ring on her finger. And you know what? I don't understand this junk of boys and girls today. Well, we just friends. No, me and Leslie wasn't friends. She was my girlfriend. Alright. i tell you how long ago it was. She wore my class ring on her index finger. And you know what that meant? She was my girlfriend. You say, well, they just my friend. Well, I junk them. She wasn't just my friend. Somebody say amen. It's dating world today. I need to write a book on it. But anyway, it helped a lot of people. They're right. Dakota, listen to me. Don't say she's my friend. I write her a note and say check yes or no. If you're a little bit worried, put maybe down there. You with me? And then whenever I put a diamond on her hand, you know what that meant? That meant this. I'm coming back to get you one day. There's coming a day I'm not going to drop you off at your house. We go into our house. And until we got married, I dropped her off at her house. Somebody holler amen right there. Yeah, man. I dropped her off at her house. And after we got married, we went to our house. That's good preaching, Brother Jonathan. You know what he was saying? I'm coming back to get you. That earnest is this. The earnest of our inheritance until the redemption. The blood of Christ is our earnest. It is our down payment. We are the bride of Christ and He's coming back to get us. But until then, we are sealed by the Holy Ghost of God. Think about this. The sealing of the Holy Spirit means ownership. When I believe on Jesus, I become God's possession. The sealing of the Holy Spirit is a promise. It is the down payment, the guarantee for the believer's eternal salvation. If someone gives you a plane ticket to a certain place, you know that you're going to go to that place with the ticket. The ticket is the guarantee. Likewise, Jesus paid for our trip to heaven and the Holy Spirit is our guarantee. It is is our promise. It is our sealing today. For me to lose my salvation, I would have to lose the seal of the Holy Spirit on my life. The Holy Spirit would have to leave my life because He moved in my life at salvation. And He is not going to leave my life. Time out. Lesson on the Holy Ghost. I got as much of the Holy Ghost as I'll ever get the day I got saved. I'll never get no more than the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you something? The day you got saved, you got all the Holy Ghost you're ever going to get. You can quench the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, but that does not mean He's not there. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Think about this. We're seated in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, look at verse number 5. Even when we were dead in sins, 
hath quickened us together with Christ by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us set together in heavenly places. Watch it. In Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. Hear me and hear me well. Hear me and hear me well. I'm as good as in heaven standing right here. I'm as good as in heaven standing right here. If something happened to me right now, I'd be in heaven. So I'm as good as in heaven. I already seated together. Why? Because I'm in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Amen. That might not help nobody, but I'm telling you, man, this Word of God's amazing. It is amazing. And if you'll get a hold of it, it'll transform your life. Look at this. We're seated together in heavenly places. Look at this in Colossians. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Look at this verse in Colossians. Colossians chapter number 1. Listen to verse number 12. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 12. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. What about that? What about that right there? He's made us fit for heaven. I'm fit for heaven tonight. You say, you're just a rotten sinner. That's what you may see me as. But that's not what he sees me as. You know, <laughs> you tell you the way he sees me? Through the blood of Christ. You tell you what Satan's doing? He's the future of bread. He's before God trying to bring accusations up about us. You know what God says when Satan comes up? I don't know if this is exactly how it goes, but just play along, okay? It'll help you if you will. Satan comes up and says, what about Jonathan Barker? Maybe God looks over at the sun and says, bring out the book on Jonathan Barker because my name is in a book up there. Amen. Yeah, man. My name is in a book up there. He pulls it out. He flips over to the bees. And he goes, yep, Jonathan Allen Barker. Date of birth, July the 20th, 1994. There he is. And he says, well, what about this? What about that time that old preacher Barker snapped off at his wife? God says, I don't see that. What about that time old preacher Barker said this and old preacher Barker done that and old preacher Barker done this? And you know what God says? Only thing that I see is the blood of my son. Let me tell you the reason why. I am fit for heaven. You may see a sinner, but God sees his son when he sees me. <laughs> Amen. Think about this. It's a strong consolation. Let me read you one more verse and I'll, and I'll quit for the night. Hebrews chapter number 6. Hebrews chapter number 6 verse number 17 says this. Wherein God, willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutable of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for a refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. 
which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into within the veil. So preacher, what are you saying? Here's what I'm saying. We have a strong consolation. What is that strong? It's impossible for God to lie. God said, if I believed on His Son and asked forgiveness of my sins, He said He'd do it. So therefore, I can't lose my salvation. You know what? Listen to this. This will help you right here. If I wanted to go to hell, I still could. There is not one thing There is not one thing I can do to go to hell. Not one. You say, preacher, I I tell you what, you do this, there's not nothing I can do to go to hell. Nothing. You say, well, does that mean that you can just go do whatever? No. Those whom I loveth, are you hearing? Those whom I loveth, I correct Who's he talking to? He's talking to the child of God. He talks about scourging them or chastising them. Eternal security is not a license to sin. Because if you are truly saved and you, you sin and continue in sin and continue living in that sin, the correcting hand of God will come on your life. And if it does not, If you can live in sin and God's correction don't come on your life, the words of the Bible is this. Ye are bastards and not sons. That's what what that book says. Say, that's strong. That book is strong. You know what he says? You ain't never been saved. And I'm going to tell you something. A man that can go dabble in sin and live in sin, and continue in sin, and nothing ever happens to him. I don't believe he ever got saved. I don't believe he ever got saved. This crowd that's in church, out of church, in church, out of church, in church for a month, out for seven months, living in sin, living like hell itself, back in church for a month, back out of church for nine months. They ain't get what I got. I just put it that way. They ain't get what I got. Yeah, man. Have you ever messed up, preacher? Absolutely. Mess up every day. I messed up today. I'll mess up tomorrow. I'm going to try my best not to, but I'm going to mess up tomorrow. If they was to bring my eggs and french fries and grilled tenderloin out tomorrow and it wasn't just right, I'm liable to say something I shouldn't say. Just because I'm human and I get hangry. You don't believe me? Ask my wife. Are you with me? But I'm going to ask God to forgive me. There's a difference. Don't you hear me? Go start playing something. Don't you hear me right? There's a difference in sinning and willfully sinning. There's a difference in that. There's a difference in sinning and willfully sinning. I've said this, I don't know how many times I talked about it last night in Bible college. I'll never forget my old grandpa was in heaven today. My old grandpa Barker looked at me one time said, I can't tell you the last time I willfully sinned. You know what he was saying? Here's what he said. I can't tell you the last time I just went out and sinned to be sinning. I'm going to miss the mark daily, but I'm going to try my best tomorrow not to miss the mark. 
But if I do, I don't have to run back to God for salvation. I can confess my sin to Him and He's faithful. Just forgive us. Thank God for the doctrine of eternal security. We just scratched the surface tonight on it. We'll look at it again next Wednesday night. But thank God I'm in Him. He's in me. It's by His grace. It's by His blood. But I'm justified. I'm redeemed. I'm sitting together in heavenly places. Woo! That's exactly right. It's all because of Him tonight. Father, as we stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight, God, you know the need of this service.